Riff, I saw the list. You're, riff. You're Kevin's fifth favorite. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah can I, okay, yeah, it's my mom and then Melissa. Although, you know, like that ordering is definitely contentious. That's interesting. It's definitely contentious. I don't, so the thing is, I don't call, I don't call Melissa because I live with her. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? So I call keep my mom t- a lot more than I call Keep Melissa. talking. Uh, and then there's Zach and then the asymmetric conference call. Uh-huh. Oh, he and likes then, the conference call more than you, Riff. And then Riff. Oh, fuck, I don't even Oh, no, what do we do? <laughs> I'm Jim. Uh, I'm Riff. I'm Kevin. I And we're doing a podcast. Uh, You're hosting, Kevin. I, I decided this just now. Games Hot Dog, a podcast about hot dogs. I mean, it's video games. Epi- episode 354. <sighs> fuck. What do we do without Zach? We just, we just flounder around, <laughs> flopping on the table like a, a fish. A flounder? Yeah, it's, yeah, we're floundering around like but a, a who, flopper. Who doesn't appreciate a good flopping flounder every now and again? That's true. That Our listeners m- almost certainly do. Well, my mind just literally went blank after after we like synchronized <laughs> and I did the countdown. <laughs> yes. Well, you good. were waiting for your cue. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. None of us, none of us knew who was gonna. <laughs> wow. We should have coordinated just a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, if we had talked <laughs> even a second about it, we would have realized that that was going to be a problem. Yeah. Anyway, uh, hi everyone. How how have you been this past week? Oh, you gotta you gotta ask a person a specific. Uh, per- Jim, how hi. have you been this past week? I read about almonds. Okay. Uh, so, wait, are we go? Wait, are we just gonna like just immediately jump into a gym class? Uh, <laughs> I call them gym socks. Okay, but okay, you can put in the wait a story uh, socks. Wait, <laughs> it's, it's just another gym word. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh, I I don't want to take the position of a lecturer here, so maybe okay. maybe Just, but, but maybe us. cut in like the music for like half of it, and then like cut it off in the middle. Okay, or like Just have a tape stop effect, okay. or play it backwards. Oh, huh. yeah. Grab the ball, the whistle blows. It's time to expand what you know. Get into squats, get off your ass. The bell just rang. It's gym class. The Crawford experience. So I, I had um, I had noticed many years ago that almond extract tastes like cherries, and I had thought this was a coincidence. Okay. Until I found out recently that almond extract is what they make the cherry flavor from, and like. Uh, at the time, I thought almonds had nothing to do with, like, this was just like, okay, well, that's the, this cherry Coke is now an almond Coke. Thanks, almonds. Um, and then my sister explained to me, like, several days after I tweeted about this, that, um, cherries and almonds are actually, like, almost the same fruit. They're very closely related stone fruits. Uh, and if you open up a cherry pit, you will find a nut in there that tastes a lot like an almond. Oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like a tiny little nut. Right. Okay. And if you, before they throw away the garbage shitty fruit outside of the almond, there's a fruit around that thing. Like they grow a fruit and then throw most of it away just so you can eat the almond. Oh, I knew cashews were like that. I didn't know it was the same for almonds. I, I 
Yeah, I, I'm actually now I'm wondering whether it's not the same for most nuts. Yeah, are there, are like what about walnuts or Brazil nuts? Or yeah, something? I don't. I didn't. I did not do enough research to be for this to be a proper gym class. Because there's there's uh, like sunflower seeds, like that makes a lot of sense. Those are just a bunch of seeds, right, in the middle of the sunflower. And you don't have to throw away the whole fruit around right. them. Yeah. Oh, uh, and. When they preserved cherries, the um, almond-like flavor in the pit would infuse the entire fruit. And so that's why, like, maraschino cherries taste like that. Hmm. But then they stopped making them that way because cherry oh. pits are toxic because they have cyanide in them. Interesting. So I was having a hard time reconciling the flavor of almonds and cherries until you said maraschino cherries. And then right. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like that's yeah. sort of the bridge between the two. Right. The, I the, candy, the candy cherry flavor is basically the flavor of a maraschino cherry, huh. which I, is very different from like a cherry fruit you might eat that is not candied. Right. Yeah. I actually use uh, almond extract as like additional flavoring when I bake cherry pie at Christmas. That makes sense, yeah. So, yeah. And you're just doubling down. Yeah, basically. Do you also serve, like, peaches and other stone fruits uh, alongside of it as a... No, as but sort of a, when, we serve, when we whatever. serve vanilla ice cream, we garnish it with a beaver asshole. <laughs> as long as the beaver asshole is harvested humanely. Yeah. What is the flavor that comes from beaver butts? It's whatever they use to make artificial vanilla flavor. I don't know the chemical name. I thought it was like blueberries or something, isn't it? It's like uh we can look it up later. I'm sure I'm sure this is important science <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Our listeners demand to know. What why are there blue foods at all? Blue is such a, an unusual color except for this guy. Oh, um This is a this is a Carlin bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, actually what uh Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock did apparently I don't know how how if this is apocryphal or not, but he apparently noticed that at one point and held a dinner party where he had the chefs like make all this gourmet food but colored with blue food coloring just to see how <laughs> everyone would react and apparently nobody could finish cuz it was so weird. Oh, it's it's like the the toilet fountain at the Exploratorium. Sure. Do you, have you ever had trouble drinking from the toilet fountain? I actually have never. I've never. Se- I've been to the Exploratorium, but I didn't actually happen upon that exhibit. It's just by the bathrooms. Okay, that that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, they have two of those on every floor. It's. <laughs> <laughs> it's if it was inside the bathroom, I think that would actually be much tougher. I think yeah, because no. you'd be you'd be more afraid that people had just pissed in it. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. Because yeah. you, you don't yeah. know about the quality control. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, if it's out in the open, probably no one pissed, unless it's like a two-year-old. Oh, but yeah, like maybe you should just go up to the water fountain and start pissing in it, because I think that would that would be unexpected. <laughs> if they, so I wonder if they, um, like, I know that they they color it to look like a really grimy, dirty toilet. No. Really? No, it's just, it's just a regular clean toilet. Well, what? Yeah. Okay. I, it, Apparently, that's, it's, that's still hard for people. Yeah. I could definitely drink out of that. No problem. Right? It's just not that hard. But like, if it were gross looking, and if it's like, if they used like, I don't know if they make candles that smell like a dirty like toilet. Urine. <laughs> Stale urine. But they could light one of those candles next to it, then I'd have a hard time. Okay. Sure. I'd buy that. Stale. You're in candle. 
I think you just put a wick in a urinal cake, right? I, I'm going to try that tonight. Okay. Uh, and, you, and try to figure out why you brought it up, just like as, an, as a mental exercise for myself. Well, Were you eating a, a lot of almonds and or cherries? Oh, I see, yeah. This, this week, Jim. Sorry, what? Were you eating a lot of almonds and or cherries this week, Jim? Uh, I forget why it came up in my – see, now now I'm going to be wondering about that instead of listening to whatever you guys talk about next. <laughs> okay. Well, Riff, what have you been up to? Oh, man. Uh, not much other than just like work stuff because I'm leaving for two weeks on like early, early-ass Friday morning. So I had to get I've, a bunch of stuff done. I think you need to explain again how how and why you disappear from the world for two weeks uh, well, in this it's, modern age. It's, it's not that I, it's not that I'm I'm disappearing from the world. It's just that I'm going to a particular part of the world uh, where we don't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, what? How, how is that a thing? Like, it's. I mean, probably it's almost the 2020s. It's almost the Roaring Twenties. <laughs> <laughs> probably Wi-Fi could be had, but my parents don't spend enough time at that house to make it worth paying for it. Oh, it's not like a place that somebody lives. This is like a, a vacation. This is like a property. vacation from the internet house. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's it's my grandparents' house that my mom inherited, and then my parents uh, maintain it and and did some renovations to make it a decent place to stay when they were when they were out in that neighborhood. Do they Airbnb it at all? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I mean, I get they could, but I'm not, not sure. Not without that. Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. True, there is that. And and also I just don't I don't think there's any sort of like call for it in that area. It, it's it's hmm. it's it's pretty rural. It would it would be uh I I mean I guess maybe they could do it like during the yearly uh uh crab derby <laughs> but I don't know how many even even that which is like probably the big holiday that 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 Crisfield Maryland sees during the year where they might get some tourism. I'm not sure even that would be enough of a call that people it, would need Airbnbs. Is a crab derby like a thing where you race crabs? They or do where do you put that. A bunch of crabs in a hat. They there there are crab races and there are crab picking contests. Uh, what does that mean? It, it's sort of the opposite of an eating contest. It is. I, I, it's. A, it's a food I'm preparation it's like contest. For apples. No, it's like they give you. Uh, well, not just anybody. I think it might actually just be like the the local crab cannery workers that compete. Although maybe that's not true. I guess I don't know. But but anyway, it is a contest where they give the entrance. Uh, a bunch of crabs and like the the little crab knives and a bucket and see who can uh who can completely clean all the meat out of these crabs the fastest so uh, pick as in like toothpick uh or or pick as in like pick a card any card <laughs> i guess but you don't eviscerate the card. Yeah. No, it's, after it's that. like yeah. It's, I guess it's somewhere in the middle between those two <laughs> definitions. You're 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 not using a toothpick. It's it's like I don't a know, tool. But they, there are other tools, kinds. of like a, there's yeah. an ice pick. There's probably okay, a sure. crab like pick. dental pick. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. It's it's like the these people that uh, that work in the local crab meat canning factory or whatever. Have have a little competition to see who's best at their jobs. It's also possible that like it's some heretofore unknown definition of pick 
Oh yeah, yeah, like that, those rarely used ancient. Right. Uh, there, there. I mean, it's possible. There's a um, like right near there. Uh, this is on in the uh, the uh, Chesapeake Bay on like the that sort of internal curve that Maryland has, uh, where it meets the water. Uh, there is an island there called. Um, Oh, what's the name of the island? Uh, I had it in my head just a second ago, and I've lost it. But anyway, there, there's there's an island there that uh, unfortunately won't be there for much longer because of the rising water levels. But um, the accent there, because this island is so isolated. Not Tangier, is it? Tangier, yeah, that's the one. Okay. Um, it it is people. There's there's some like. Uh, professional linguists and so on that suspect that this is this this particular island's particular accent is the closest remaining to like the accent that Shakespeare would have spoken with. Huh. Yeah. And it's not because they just have like a really killer like uh, Renaissance festival. Yeah. No. It's not. Just, they're not all like LARPing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But yeah, they, if you look up if you look up Tangier Island on on YouTube, there's some little documentaries and stuff, and it is a really interesting and fairly unique accent. I remember reading that um, the accent, like the the American accent, is actually closer to Shakespearean British than the current British accent. Mm-hmm. How weird! Yeah, it is weird. That seems wrong. Well, I mean, that's because in movies. <laughs> In Hamlet, the 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 Kenneth Branagh Hamlet, Hamlet, Hamlet he spoke Hamlet, with uh, Hamlet, right? Sorry, uh, yeah. I saw a movie uh, recently called Vox Lux, mm. uh, which is like Natalie Portman and Jude Law, and there is. <sighs> there's some accent work going on in there and it feels weird. Um, how so I I think it's, well, it's just, it's like it, I think it's just doing like a New York accent, but it just sounded weird coming out of people's mouths. And you're like, why are they doing this? (laughs) Like, why can't they just (laughs) talk normally? (laughs) Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's a, strange movie it's uh it's sort of set over the course of like 20 years and sort of follows the sort of rise to stardom of this this young woman uh and it has an incredibly sort of uh, jarring opening scene which they don't warn you about at all uh it was yeah it's just really you're you're warning about us right it's about it right now i am yeah like yeah I don't know. I don't. I don't do well with sort of like trigger warning jars. Yeah, yeah, exactly jars. Um, I have a hard time watching like the original RoboCop. Like, that oh scene. yeah, that movie's hor- like horrible oh, yeah, in the sense of putting horrible things in front of you yeah. all the time. Yeah, I, I saw that in the in the theater when I was a kid, and it it really bothered no, that me. That was I saw it when I was way too young as well. That yeah. was a mistake. Yeah, I I didn't see that in the theater, but I did. I do remember being fairly traumatized by the scene in Temple of Doom where he rips the dude's heart out. <laughs> oh, huh. Yeah. Because I, I feel like you don't actually see it. It's like the it's like the cut where he's got his hand in front of the chest and then he's got it like holding up 
So you have to imagine it, but maybe that's worse. Yeah, I so, mean, that was that was enough, certainly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of Temple of Doom, but I just rewatched the opening sequence. Like you know how each Indiana Jones movie has like a really they've got like a starting scene. like a short film at the beginning, yeah, that, oh, yeah, that yeah. then transitions like into, the beginning of a Simpsons episode. <laughs> sure, yeah, uh, I think that's the best starting episode of the three movies. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> like how you just. Say three movies. Oh, okay, fine. I guess there was another one. <laughs> I don't even remember the opening of that one. Aren't they? And aren't they? Aren't they working on a fifth at this point? Oh, are is, they? Mm. I think they might be. Which I, one is a... the Temple of Doom opening? Is that the restaurant one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with that. The, the transitions into this void full of dancers, like oh, that's yeah, okay. It's like the it's like the the nightclub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which okay. I mean, I feel like I should have more readily remembered that considering we we wrote an entire implemented it <laughs> yeah it just totally stole and implemented that scene into uh kingdom of loathing there's so much in that game that i'll never see yeah and i'm so like and i feel like i've I, I, like finished that game like five times yeah it's, which for most games is a lot of times yeah it's there's just too much well it, but it's not just that it's that it's all really hard to get to. If you go to, not that this is like this, that that content is literally just in the main storyline. Yeah, now. that that's a oh, recent wow, okay. addition to the main quest line. Is, is okay? That's why I haven't seen it. But if you go to the mall in Kingdom of Loathing, you go to content unlockers. Oh. There's like a category called content unlockers, and that will just give you a, a whole smorgasbord of like pro tip, weird, yeah, like, mini games that we've written, and like whole other like. Whole other stories that that exist that you can get by like using an item. And... I feel like the I don't know who needs this tip because everybody who <laughs> plays that game is certainly going to know about this. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we but there's I, so many people who are coming back to it after a ten year absence after, because of West of Loathing well, because yeah. of that and just because like yeah. they find it again or they like see a stick figure and they're like that looks familiar, right? And then they do like some sort of vision. See quest. a perler bead stick figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By vision quest, uh, do you mean they? Copy and paste the picture into Google search. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, if that's what vision that that would actually be a really good name for a reverse image lookup vision. <laughs> that is good. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, the only other thing that I did this week of note was just hosting Puzzled Pint. Uh, we've been doing it in San Francisco for like four or five years at this mm. point. Four years probably, I think. Uh. And yeah, it's it's great. If you haven't gone to a puzzle pint, you should uh and, and you live in a city where there is one, you should consider going. It's it's a good it's a good time. January's set is pretty pretty solid as well. So that's a that is a consider that forewarned that it is gonna be a good time for you to solve some puzzles. <laughs> um have you played any video games, Jim? Uh yeah. Yeah, I um Pull out my list here. My list of two items. I played some Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Oh, okay. Nice. Are, is there a fundamental difference between... Because it's, it's like Eevee and Pikachu? Yeah, yeah. I think the difference is you're starting Pokemon. And I'm not sure there's any other difference. Okay. I don't think so. At least not anything not directly related to the fact that you have either an Eevee or a Pikachu. What, so why... Why do they do this? So they can sell it twice to the true to the fans. fans. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I think they're also trying to to place Eevee as like a second mascot. 
So this sort of establishes huh. that. Oh, yeah. Okay. But like every Pokemon game, they do two of them. Yeah. With minimal Yeah, so it is also just sort of traditional. Yeah. I And I think it is so they can like – so I know that in some of them, like for example, in the first Pokemon, there were some – you could not catch mm-hmm. in your version of the game, and you had to trade to su- with someone who had the other version. Yeah, that okay. is that is always true. I'll, I think it's also still true in in this one. Okay. What is is Let's Go like? What is the what have they innovated? Like, what is new about Let's Go? So the the main difference that I have seen is that instead of uh, fighting Pokemon to capture them, you just throw the ball like in Pokemon Go. Oh. So capturing is much more fast paced. Okay. Um, and you like if you if you and also like when you're running around in the overworld, the the Pokemon appear there, so you can actually run into them deliberately. So there could be like a Pokemon, like a, a party over there with like five Pokemon in it, and you can run in and walk into one, catch it, then walk into the next one you want, catch it, walk into the next one you want, and meet out in like a minute and a half. Oh, because yeah. you're just throwing the Pokeballs. You're not right. Fighting. It's it's I real see. fast. Pay- and like, weirdly, your other Pokemon get XP when you catch a new one. Okay. The Pokemon in your party. I still haven't figured out, like, so Pokemon Go, the economy is such that like... what What is the economy? Well, in this case, the economy is just like you have a bunch of Pokemon you don't need, so you can send them to... Professor Oak or whatever is it like is. Is sending a dog to the farm? It is like, I think it is like <laughs> that. Although they never, yeah. they, they never turn like, into like weird glue or something? They never make it clear, but I do think of it as like sending them off to die. Yeah, I, think that's I mean, like in, in Pokemon Go, for every Pokemon you send Professor Oak, he sends you back a candy named after that Pokemon. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it seems pretty right. clear that he's just, and, he's got a, a thing that he puts them in. So <laughs> this is like just some and the candy weird. comes out gelatin yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah and and the economy i was referring to is just that like you then use those candy to evolve that species so so everything in the game is a cannibal uh you, so i think of them as like pokemon are like like all pokemon are like cultivars of some weird fruit <laughs> and the, the the individual pokemon you catch are like individual cuttings of that fruit okay. Okay. so it's only a cannibal if, like, eating, like, another instance of the same organism as yourself, literally the same organism with the same DNA as yourself, <laughs> yeah, I, I is, think... is cannibalism. Okay, so, like, when you chew on your nails, you're a cannibal. Auto-cannibalism. Auto-cannibalism. Okay. Yeah. Oh, do you swallow your nails when you chew them? I don't chew okay. my nails. So. Oh, well, okay. Well, well excuse me. <laughs> uh, not, th- not that I eat my snot either but do people who eat their own boogers is, is there dna in in that do you think or I, is that that's just some sort of weird i think resin you, i think there is dna in that you think yeah. so huh or at least like there's certainly going to be like dead cells sure there's gonna be like dead skin cells or whatever in yeah that. but i i guess like oh i i flaked some i flaked some dead skin into this oatmeal accidentally now i'm a cannibal i guess yeah. like <laughs> Yeah, you can't you can't like have any dandruff. You can't yeah. uh if the waiter spits in your food, you're totally a cannibal. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's it's a hard life trying to uh, trying yeah, well, to be a strict just, vegan. If you swallow your own spit, yeah. you're a cannibal. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, so this is why I have my um, my campaign to um, recontextualize auto cannibalism as recycling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can you can fund me on Indiegogo. Reduce, reuse, auto cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, if you're not fighting the Pokemon to collect to collect the Pokemon, then what? Are you like there's I assume there's still some sort of fighting yeah, in you, there. So there's still the mechanic where you fight other trainers. Wait a second. What is the antagonist's name? Rift, do you know this? Uh, in, in Pokemon in general. Is like, it there's uh, well, Team it's, Rocket? It's, yeah, it's gonna be a different one for every game. Uh in in this one it's uh Team Rocket and the boss of Team Rocket is Giovanni. So it, so again, never having played this, is G- Gary one of the bad guys? Gary, the- Gary is your rival who is not expressly a bad guy, but he's an asshole. Is his last name? Oak? He's he's less yes, of an asshole is, in this one he, than he was in the original. He's actually yeah. been kind of friendly to me. Yeah, there's like a weird uh, time jump in in this one where it, it's still the original Pokemon Red and Blue story, but it's happening again to another couple of kids. Oh, weird. Huh. So, like, yes. Yeah, so, like, you you meet Gary, who was the rival in the original version of the game. He's he's not your rival in this one. You've got a different kid who is your rival, and you get to name him yourself. I've forgotten what I named mine. It was something dumb, like Gogurt or something. Um, so, is Gary Oak related to Professor Oak? Yes, he's his grandson, I think. Okay. So you don't have a thing against the family. It's no. just it's no. just just Gary Gary. Gary. He he's that sort of snide sort of kid that says smell you later before he leaves. And... <laughs> okay. This game was made in the nineties. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I've got like eighty Pidgeys in my box. And like oh, I don't know if there's is there a way to, to transfer go to a doctor for that <laughs> right is there a way to transfer them more likely than you think to Professor Oak and get some pit like I don't even know if candy exists yeah. outside of Pokemon uh, Go yeah if you um if you go into your box there is a button I think it's the Y button that if you, you don't know, they it, don't even leave the box you just shred them in the box yeah you bait well well. Quote unquote, you're mailing them to Professor Oak, but yes, uh-huh. yeah. But there's it, no mailbox around. No. And no postage. Well, yeah, it's, it's Japan, so there's Wi Fi just everywhere. Oh, that's know? a fair point, yeah. Maybe it's like Victorian London and their mail service 12 times a day. <laughs> Professor Oak have tenure? Oh, you know, Riff? I have no idea how, uh, how Pokemon World Academics functions. Okay. So what I discovered playing this game is that I'm not interested in the fighting part of Pokemon. And okay. I, I only did it because that's what you had to do to catch the Pokemon. So you just like to collect them. I, yeah, that's the part of the game that I like is collecting the cute animals. Mm-hmm. Have you tried collecting stamps? They're not as cute. Some of them are pretty cute. Okay, I'll I'll take a look. They're not you, animated. If you wanna if you wanna show me some cute stamps, I'll 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 hear you out. <laughs> Listeners, send Jim pictures of cute stamps, or just literally send him cute stamps. You can just yeah. just you send don't him a even letter. need to put anything in the envelope. Yeah, it's fine. So here's where we put Jim's home address in. One plus one plus two. That's four. Four Washington Lane. Right. <laughs> 
And I'm still fighting the dudes because that's, you need to like fight the gym leaders in order yeah. to get to the next region to catch more. But like the battles in this game are tuned so easy that I feel like maybe I, maybe I'm, it's, I'm being misled about my lack of enjoyment of them just because like, there's literally no, I put literally no thought into any of them. Yeah. Let's go. Like, let's go in particular is, is much easier than the series typically is. Yeah. I think because it's, because it's intended to be like a starter game. Right. Uh, yeah, but, I've, I've been playing, um, I, I have been like essentially soloing it. I've not been using any creatures except for my Eevee. And have, oh, wow. And I, I think I've gotten killed one time. Right. Yeah, I'm, uh, that's what I've been doing de facto because nothing ever gets past the Eevee. Yeah. What does that mean to get past the Eevee? Uh, so you throw out your, you, you, the Pokemon battle one at a time, even though you have six people in your party. I see. And so if you can, you can pull it out and put in another one, but I never have. Or um, your opponent can defeat that Pokemon and then you move on to the next one or pick one to, to throw in. And it's I don't think Eevee, my Eevee has ever been bested. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, – I and I wonder, like, I'm surprised there wasn't, like, a difficulty setting somewhere and there might be that I missed. I don't hmm. think so, no. I mean, traditionally – the, if you want a harder experience uh, on a Pokemon game, you you do that yourself by yeah, you sel self-imposing some kind of weird restriction. Yeah, yeah, the conducts. Yeah, yeah, very much like that. Uh, and I played um, Twinfold. Oh yeah, ah, Twinfold, which is <laughs> sort of a a puzzle combat deal yeah where you move you and your enemies around like in threes and then after you move the enemies have their own move and they that doesn't they, move everybody they have individual they moves. have their individual moves yeah and yeah. and they show you like this is the move i'm going to make after you move yeah. um and the the game seems to be built around a, a resource, which is there are two things that you are trying to grow and harvest, um, which are like little orange dudes with numbers on them. And gold. If, if you are they are they called gold? Mm -hmm. But they have faces. Yeah, I mean everything has a face. <laughs> That's fair. I thought they were orange. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought they were little orange slices, like like the the candied orange slices that you get. Um, when you merge them, their point value doubles and then another one appears. Yep. Of the same point value. Right. And so, um, the scoring in this game is exponential where like, if you do a little bit better, your score gets twice as high, which is very satisfying. Um, but also very misleading if you're just looking at some random s <laughs> scoreboard that somebody <laughs> posts. Uh, and as far as I can tell, the difficulty of the game is also based on your current score. It's a combination of four things, actually. Uh -huh. So there's down in the lower left is a sort of a difficulty counter. Right. And it's based on your level, on the current level of the gold, on the number of steps you've taken, uh, 
on this board and the number of steps you've taken since the last level up. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And and every in steps new if, if every in steps after you defeated the last enemy new enemies will spawn. Right. Um, yeah, my experience playing this game has mostly been like being like very pleased with myself that I just got a big, you know, score up and then like three things I've never seen appear and I have to deal with them all at once. Sure. Learn what they are and deal with them. All. And then it's probably just like maybe I should have paced myself better. No, I think I like uh, you need to sort of throw yourself into it and learn the stuff. And then once you've sort of got a handle on how things act, you can then have a better chance of strategizing in in, the, in future games it also has like a kind of a generous undo system yeah which is neat i i don't i think you can only undo one turn i think sometimes um, you might be able to undo twice i don't yeah know. i haven't like maybe maybe that's true but if so i haven't figured out what the circumstances are yeah including after you die yeah which is neat uh, there is there's two different score categories you can you can do the undo list score so if you didn't undo, that goes into a separate sort of like leaderboard, um, and then all then the the game's assumed leaderboard, like the assumed sort of state is that you will undo things, um, and then it's just a question of and for each undo that you use, your score down goes goes down by one percent. Mm. So a couple of undos is not a huge penalty, but if you do you know fifty of them, that's a huge uh, chunk out of your score. Um, yeah, it's it's super clever, actually. Hmm. Yeah, I oh, man, <laughs> I got to like two thousand. That seemed pretty good for me. <laughs> right, it's twenty forty eight. Right, so that's two to the eleventh. So that means you you conjoined eleven times the, <laughs> the gold or whatever. Uh, it's it it's got a couple of like really subtle things, like the first one that you can join. Uh, it always spawns right next to yeah, your starting it, it one. Yeah, it tutorializes it sort of that way. It's real nice. And if if you lose a bunch, so if so, the other thing is you can consume the gold uh, at any point, and you gain that much sort of XP, uh, and you level up for every like two to the fourth tier, I think, um, and uh, when you consume it. It comes back at half its original value. So if you consumed like a 16, uh, it would come back as an 8. But um, also you get a hit point back. That's which true. Is super important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so uh, w- when you level up, you get all these like abilities. You can get like passive abilities and then like active sort of like skills that you that use sort of a, a resource that you gain when defeating enemies. Um but as you so if you if you go down like I, I think maybe four or five levels from where your highest point was, it will start respawning them next to each other again. Hmm. Oh, nice. To sort of it's like a, I think it's trying to keep you with within a reasonable distance of like your sort of current limit, right? Um, which is cool. Uh, it's it's surprisingly forgiving in a lot of ways. Uh, there is apparently a win condition. I think when you hit the sixty four bit integer limit oh <laughs> um which is cool uh no one has beaten it without undoing so that's a thing to strive for i guess right some crazy person is gonna that's a 
that's one of those um like like trying to beat spelunky without picking up any gold mm. is one of those goals that like on its face seems cool but like actually doing it sounds incredibly tedious like the idea of watching like i think one of the reasons speed runs are so popular is that like they're so fast paced right um and like the idea of watching somebody do a no gold run in spelunky sounds like a like sounds horrible and not in the sense of being constantly presented with horrible things. Hmm. Um, some tips if, if you do, if you want to improve your like twin fold experience is uh, if you, if the first thing you eat isn't like a 64 or higher restart hmm. um, just because it, it's, you are so much better off sort of jumping way ahead in the hmm. sort of power curve. Um, because you get you just get mired down in the low numbers if you are eating earlier than that. Um, and the games that I have done the best, I like I've been able to regularly like skip ahead, like get two or three levels at a time for the first, at least for the first handful, um, which helps a lot. Uh, Would you, you get, say like at the, there's some point you should stop <clears throat> doubling before you eat your first thing, gold or what, slice? What do you mean? Like, uh, would like you know if you get up to like. 2048 your first time would you say you should have already eaten that thing if you can get there without with in surviving you should definitely just keep going okay um i think the the faster that you progress through the doublings by far the the, the better you're going to be off in terms of like making yeah making I, progress. I find it much easier to survive on the early like before like like my, as I said, my observation was that when, when I eat the, when I, when I level up a lot is when the new, the hard stuff appears. Sure. So like I have definitely gotten things in like the 64 K range before eating anything. Um, because right. the, only the easy things are only the easy enemies are there. Yeah. So, um, and I just didn't know if that was a good move or not. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Um, you the, and another really strong thing is when it uh, every I, th I think it's every five levels up you get the like a particular choice where it's like something that doubles your particular damage or adds one to your a particular kind of damage that you can do to opponents. Um, choose the same one twice mm. uh, because that will then do three damage to enemies, and a lot of enemies have three hit points. You can just one start one shotting enemies, and that will help you make a bunch more progress. That sounds nice. Um, yeah, the the one time I got the plus one damage to slamming a dude into a wall, that made a significant <clears throat> significant difference. Yeah, yeah, that makes it makes a big big difference. Um, yeah, it's a really it's just a really tight game. Um, you you're not as enthralled with it, Jim. It sounds like uh, I I've been pretty frustrated by like my experience playing it. Okay. Um, but like that might just be me having to like push through figuring out how to actually play. Mm -hmm. hmm. Like, cause, cause I was, when I, as I was saying, like the, the, you know, having a bunch of enemies at once that I don't know how to deal with, I don't really feel like I'm learning anything. Um, but like if I were in that situation and I knew what to expect from all of them, that would be a very different story. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does. Because it takes a while to even get to those new enemies or whatever, it does feel like sometimes you're you've you've spent a bunch of time just to get to this point where now it's a learning moment. But I guess that's what the undos are meant to. Yeah, be, maybe. Right? Yeah, like, to help you. There are probably also understand. some like 
some patterns that that you have to like learn to recognize of like if you've got the two gold pieces are here and here then the sequence of moves you need to do to to get them together is this this and this yeah yeah a lot of the time that stuff is intuitive but then a lot of the time it's like i've got two like i spend you know 20 turns just fiddling with the two golds yeah (laughs) nothing happens yeah yeah um and i played um uh, a game that a a friend of mine in high school made so this was back in like 1993 oh in high school, like in like when I we see. were both in high school, okay, uh, called Gamma Z, uh, which is an anagram of Maze Game. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, and this is a game I had to like figure out how to use Basilisk because it was a Mac game. <laughs> um, and my pro tip, I don't know if like I tried downloading Basilisk from the official Basilisk uh, repository and. Trying to like get all the ROMs in place and yeah, configure out was like Mac Mac old Mac emulation is one of the worst <laughs> to to try and set up. Okay, I wasn't they, sure if that they, was like they don't make it easy. Right. So I actually ended up finding like a website with like here's a pre-configured Basilisk with nice. like a disk image that already exists, hmm. and then I had to figure out how to configure it enough to get a new stuff it file into the disk image. Um, but that was reasonably doable. Uh, and this is a game. It's, it's a, we, we had talked about, um, the weird, like windows popping up everywhere, like interface design of some of, uh, Natalie, um, fuck, what is her last name? Portman. No, that's Vox <laughs> and Jude Law. Uh, it's not Natalie D. Oh. Oh. Now I've forgotten her name. It's not Natalie Hirschlag. <laughs> uh, this is not the person I'm talking about. We're, okay. we're, we're going off on this, like, trying to figure out which Natalie it is. Yeah. Now I, I'm actually really annoyed with myself. Um, no, the uh, with uh, the Bungie game, the one that predated Oh, Marathon. Pathways into Darkness. Right. We had talked about Pathways into Darkness having, like, uh, like very like window heavy interface with like information splattered all over the screen. This is a little bit like that where like the gameplay takes place in this tiny ass, like it's, so it's a, it's a tile map that you're running around, but you can only see like 25 tiles at a time, like a five by five grid and you're in the center and it actually goes into the readme. Like, why can't you see more of the map at once? And he's like, it's so I can lay traps. Mm-hmm. And also you can see the rest of your desktop if you want to do that. Um, and then like, if you finish a level, it pops up a huge graphic, like in a separate window of like you succeeding at this, uh, at this, uh, at this level. And if you die, it like pops up a huge graphic of like, oh, you stepped on spikes. And it's like this illustration of like a circle dude. Cause you're a red smiley face stepping on spikes. Okay. <laughs> um, and it uses audio that I think is all like pop culture samples. Like when you're pushing up for like the push block puzzles, when you push a brick, it, it plays a record scratch sound, which huh. is like kind of similar to like scraping on the floor. Sure. 
Um, and I think that was, uh, like kind of just part of the culture, like early Mac freeware stuff, like Mac indie, early Mac indie games just used like movie samples for their sound effects because why not? Um, you know, the hardware made it easy to do that sort of thing. And like, it's just right there. Do you feel like the Mac culture in particular was, was more sort of remix friendly or remix centric? I don't think so, but specifically it was audio friendly. Yeah. Mm. I remember that, okay. that being one of the, one of the big things that they would tout in the, the early Mac days was how much audio engineers liked them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same deal with the Amiga. Um, the, the Amiga was like really, uh, fertile ground for like teenagers doing weird audio experiments. And, um, the way the game is structured is it is, you know, 20 levels in a row of just like, I guess the closest analog is probably, it was probably inspired by Chip's Challenge, if I were to guess. And so it's that sort of like running around tile by tile, you know, find a key for the door, avoid the, the oscillating enemy. Um, and, you know, 20 levels of that, some of which are, you know, interesting, some of which are just like, full of like, oh, you stepped into this room that is impossible and you can't get out because of the one-way arrow and you just couldn't see what was beyond the arrow because it's only a five-by-five five visible grid. Um, and like very uh, a wide variation in what sort of design would be considered fair or not fair today. Hmm. Um, and it felt very much like, I don't know, like Spectrum games like Manic Miner where you... You're going, that game is maybe a dozen screens long, but, um, when I played it, at least, which was not that long ago, I, I, I decided, I like, I, I was, you know, looking into it because I was interested in the history of, of, um, that sort of game design. It took me like half an hour to get past the first screen because it's just, the, the platforming is just so fiddly and specific. Like so demanding in terms of precision and also just not very like the controls aren't aren't the best. Um and so like the pacing of playing a game like Manic Miner is you spend like half an hour getting to the second screen and then like you immediately run out of lives and get kicked back to the first screen again. And so like you get you spend exponentially more time with the beginning of the game than with the end. Right. Um, but eventually like you get good enough at the first screen that you can get past that quickly. And then you get good enough at the second screen and you get past that quickly. This one's not like tuned that difficult, but like it's structured the same sort of way that like you're supposed to do like score attack runs. Like you're trying to get out. There's a high score list. I don't think there's an ending. I do think you run out of levels eventually. Um, but you, you are like collecting extra lives trying to survive as long as possible into this list of mazes. And it's, it, it feels very like very old school in that regard. Uh, but it also has like a practice mode, which is how I played it all. Like it, the practice mode is, uh, you, um, you pick the level you play and you, or when you, when you run out of lives, you just restart on that level again. Or when you win, you just restart on that level again. Cause you're practicing it. Right. Um, and I, I can't recommend this game to people who were not friends with this guy in high school in 1993. <laughs> like, it, it, I, I can't say it's like worth 
So like, if you have a time machine. Right. <laughs> Why? And you were checking it out because you were interested in games of that type and you remembered it? Or like, how did you. you I'm know, actually, find the again, files? like. Again, I don't remember. Well, I found the files because I, by cert, I remembered the name of the game and I just searched for it. On and, the internet? On the internet. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, there was like this archive of old Mac software that had it and they had a... Oh, weird. It had a screenshot of the title screen. Was it like So a, like someone cared enough to... Pirate Bay kind of thing where... It was shareware. Okay. Um, but I think it was an abandonware site that, that I found it on. Uh, but it was released as shareware. Um you were supposed to pay to get the level editor, but in the okay. README, he said that nobody paid, so I'm just releasing the level editor for free. Sure. So, which I think is a very common shareware story mm, back yeah. in those days. This uh, didn't make me millions of dollars, so here, have my tools. I'm going to do something else. <laughs> right. <laughs> someone, someone else take this over. What uh, What have you been playing, Riff? Um, pretty much all I've been playing was a uh, graveyard keeper. Still, I, I'm yeah, still I'm nearly at the end of it. I assume I've I've unlocked all of all of the uh, skill trees and and have all of the skills. So I I think I'm basically at the point where I just have to make enough money to fulfill like all the various quests that the NPCs want, so that they'll tell me whatever it is I have to do to unlock the portal that will send me home but uh well they've gotten you to do so much work yeah <laughs> i've a man i've been i've been uh doing all kinds of stuff for these people and the 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 merchant is going to become a really rich man and and the king's personal food taster because of me <laughs> hmm. um but yeah it's it's uh it's it's pretty good it's pretty satisfying and just generally I I really enjoy the uh j just the the sort of story just just the weird ironic humor of like my guys like down in the church basement standing over an embalming table taking out a dude's skull to decorate the basement with replacing it with glue and lye so that nobody will notice at the funeral <laughs> <laughs> and then like partway through the middle of it, I like look at the watch and it's like, oh, dang, it's Sunday. I've got to go upstairs and give a sermon. <laughs> it's, it's all these horrible things that I'm doing, but I'm the local priest. So, <laughs> so it's just been, it's pretty comical that way. And I, I, uh, I kind of don't want to spoil it, but I unlocked, uh, automation for, for a bunch of the, uh, uh, uh um, materials gathering stuff and how that how that uh articulates is pretty funny so it's uh it's if you like like that sort of farming sim uh uh what's it stardew valley kind of thing it's a it's a real good funny version of that do you know was this a, another small team that put this together or uh the all I know about them is that they it, the engine they used is tiny build which I do sort of associate with those sort of small team games. Is tiny build an engine? I think so, yeah. Huh. I think I think it's I think it might be both an engine and a publisher. I I I, I think I, of it as a publisher, I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. 
That's cool. Like for for a 2D game, the concept of a game engine doesn't even really like almost doesn't even really make sense. Like the it, it's really just almost just like a drawing API at that point. Well, yeah. but I mean if a game, well, I was going to say if a game is made in game maker, I feel like it it lends itself towards a particular kind of thing, although clearly you can subvert that and do other things with it, but yeah, like I wonder, Hotline Miami does not look like heat signature, but I wonder how how I would feel about that if I'd used Game Maker to any significant extent so I knew like what sort of like sort what sorts of games it wanted to make. Like certainly there are certain game making tools that like really like making this a certain sort of game. Like Unity even like or not not even even like Unity is a great example of this of of like Unity Unity really wants to make first person shooters or mobile games, <laughs> uh like t- to the point where like if you look in the manual like you'll like a lot of the um maybe like, it the, is the, just the examples a are all I don't see anything about about software on their site so okay sorry yeah. go on. Oh, I, I, my thought, my thought was pretty much out there. I, I didn't quite finish it because I couldn't remember the example I was trying to think of. Lawhead, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, sorry, that was bugging me too. Uh, Did you figure out how I thought of almonds and cherries as a thing? I, not yet. I'll keep working okay, on that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, so uh, a game that came out this week, uh, and also in 1994 uh was 94 no 90 no fuck 2004 oh maybe Uh, Uh, i was excited was it was it katamari damacy oh yeah oh yeah it's 2004 not 94 yeah that's that's way 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 different um yeah it uh it was re-released uh on i think pc and the switch other platforms um i'll definitely be picking that up when i get back from christmas I'm instead of taking my switch with me, I'm taking my Kindle because I haven't like re- read a book in <laughs> I don't even know how long. So you're gonna, you're forcing yourself to to go primitive. That's so. right. That's right. Um, but yeah, it's, that game is super make games good. for Kindle now. I had I had not played it for you know since since I think 2004. So you know like well over a decade, um, and I think it is very much just the same original game i don't know that they have changed much like the interface is pretty clunky um and the controls feel kind of bad but it it, that i think that was all just part of the original game and Mm -hmm. i have a like i the the control scheme for katamari it's hard to imagine like anybody doing that anybody well well doing that now but more, I was going to say, it's hard to imagine anybody wanting to modernize that because it was so, like, of, it's so much what that game is. Yeah. I don't know how else you'd even do it, though. Really? Something like Super Monkey Ball, maybe? Or uh, even just like... I don't like, remember how that worked. Well, Super Monkey Ball is its own weird thing. Um, <laughs> but it, but picture, like, I don't know, something like a, like a... Like the Halo controls, you know, one stick to rotate your where 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 forward is, mm. and then you push forward or or back. Yeah. Or, I, I think, think that's what you would do with a modern. I take think on that it. would have like pretty much worked for a Katamari game. 
I think the like, downside but, but, the downside to that though is that would because the way the way the control works in Katamari is that you're not really controlling the Katamari, you're controlling the prince. Are you? Yeah, I, because that's, I interpreted that's as, how as the, like, the tank controls articulate is because the prince has to sense. walk around the side of the ball in order to turn it. That makes sense, but like I think you could do the same thing with like okay, the right stick makes you walk around the ball and the left stick makes you like push the ball forward or roll it to the side. I think you could do it that maybe, way. Maybe. And similarly, Super Monkey Ball, ha- instead of controlling the ball, you were controlling the play field. Oh, mm. right. Yeah. Weird. Um, it, it, playing this, I, so I played through the entire thing. I, like, I beat all the levels and unlocked all the like things to unlock, found all the presents and stuff like that. Um, which, and it was like wow, six already? Hours. Yeah. It, it was like six six hours. It, it it's a sh- it's really short. It huh. it it occupies more space in my brain than there is game here, which is interesting because I think it was just one of the first like really novel, really weird, interesting game experiences that I had. Hmm. Um, uh, so maybe oh I see. Of- so you 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 happen to remember where all the presents and everything are? Yeah, I mean I had to look a couple works. of them up because some of them are really hard. Yeah. <laughs> um. You might be thinking of um, the sequel, which – so you, you know how Katamari, like, climaxes with, like, a, you know, you're rolling up this entire continent or whatever. Yeah. Um, the sequel, like, amps that up somewhat. You know, you're you're rolling up a, a bigger continent, this, I guess. You don't roll up the planets? So you do, you do eventually do that, but, like, I kind of put that out of my mind because it doesn't really <laughs> make sense to roll around in the in the cosmos. I mean, There's nothing to roll on. Does it make sense to roll at it, all? It makes physical <laughs> sense. Like, does it? So you know how the premise of, like, you're, the idea is that you have one buy-in for any sci-fi premise? Uh-huh. <laughs> like if the buy-in is that you're rolling around and like your ball is sticky and things break off and like it stick to your ball, then you also have to have another buy-in, a second buy-in for rolling around in empty space with where there's no surface. Mm. Okay. Mm. I guess it depends on whether you believe that uh space is just a giant flat uh plate that we're on. Sure. Spinning around. Sure. And maybe that, like, then, like, with some sort of unified field theory explains yeah. both that and the stickiness of this. <laughs> the of billiard this ball. table theory of the cosmos. Right. Um, I was, so I was, I was, and this also was in the news a little bit, I think today, uh, was an, uh, like an article with about Voodoo, the company that makes all those, like, sort of uh, fast follow games in, oh, in yeah. different genres they, the, the whole.io is the one that that uh, uh, came to mind where it's like a weird blend of katamari and donut county mm-hmm. um which like the problem is that whole.io is more like objectively fun than donut county like there's no story there there's that- no charm but the like the it it has the same katamari feeling where it's just so much fun to roll up the town right right um it, but it has like no it's like it's charmless right like it's just it's just the pure like whereas katamari has both the charm and the fun right um 
Yeah, that's that is... sound. The soundtrack is still one of the uh, oh, yeah. top five so video good. game soundtracks. Uh, I was excited just to to have that again because I, I guess I could buy the soundtrack, but just to have to like have a place that I can go and like listen to the soundtrack again. It also it kind of made me want to. I think around the same time I played a bunch of Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and so now I want to go back and play that. Uh, oh. just, just to hear the soundtrack. That one also Grand Theft Auto clunky. playing Grand Theft Auto Vice City with the Katamari Damacy soundtrack would make a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, re- I didn't replay replay it, but I played Vice City again a few years ago, um, and it it's rough. Yeah. yeah, it didn't age super well. Oh no! Like it, certain things are great, like. Like the, the sound is all still good, but yeah, yeah, the music is great. Like getting into a car and driving it around until you crash is still great. Okay, but what else? A- Any time you try to do any of the missions, oh, the, no, no, the missions. Okay, are, yeah, no. In that case, you're fine. You yeah, just <laughs> <around the> town. <laughs> yeah. As long as you, as long as you remember those those two or three best curbs to accidentally or not accidentally, but to deliberately ram your car into and ramp hundreds of feet into the air. Right. Yeah. Then, yeah. then you're golden as it comes to Vice City. And yeah. like Vice yeah. City as compared to um uh the other two games of the original trilogy, or rather of the GTA three trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, is much more much friendlier for someone who wants to just jump in and like yeah. have, you know, That's random true. fun be- because you get half the city at for like and it's the better half of the city. Right. But without doing any missions and like all the coolest cars are like I think like as soon as you start the game, there's like a Lamborghini knockoff within view. You uh I feel like the, the car that I wanted the most was the the fastest one, which was the tank. The tank <laughs> is the because oh, you can you you turn it you turn the turret yourself. around yeah. yeah and you shoot behind you and it just like makes you go real, real fast. Yeah, that one might be a, a little bit harder to acquire. Yeah, I think it requires. That was back in of... the days when video games had cheats you could enter too. Oh yeah, so you could just yeah. spawn a tank whenever you wanted one. <laughs> right. So good. Um. Uh. Yeah, I think. I think I have come around to the idea that achievements have made games worse. Yeah, like the it's not just achievements. Like achievements, like were the first nail in the uh, cheat code coffin, and then um, microtransactions were the were the second. <sighs> where like now we can sell you cheats, mm. um, and then like every game being online. I feel like I. I did not play. Um, wow! Now my, my my mind is like just a sieve today. It's just forgetting. Uh, it's because of the, all that fat we ate at. at we at ordered dinner. we ordered deviled eggs at this <laughs> pub food place, and they it came out and there were three ha- egg halves. Yeah, for two people. For two, huh. well, then that's not like sure, whatever. Maybe it's supposed to be a snack, but like the fact that it was an odd number of deviled egg halves is yep. uh, inconscionable. It's baffling to me. Yep. Like they they <laughs> cut two eggs in half and they threw half an egg in the garbage <laughs> to make this dish. <laughs> well, um, probably and then they like, make them like two dozen eggs at a time and they're in the fridge. Oh well, yeah, sure. <laughs> but, but in my head, canon. Yeah, and okay. then they put like. The the deviled egg goop like underneath the eggs to keep them from moving around on the plate. Oh, I didn't good. realize what? that. That's that's smart. Well, also in the egg, not not 
it's not like they didn't make the deviled eggs, but oh, well, they used okay, them. sure. But then like they half used... of it's going to get stuck to the plate. It did. It did. But that, but it's it's like it's it's there to keep the eggs from sliding around when they're bringing them out to you. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that. They just need some little good... plastic rings to set the egg halves on. It's good analysis. Sure. Anyway, people like, kept eating the plastic ring. I'm still in the food coma <laughs> too, so I'm not going to judge you for being. Uh, Wander song was the, okay. the name that I was thinking of. What were you uh, talking? So uh, so popping off the stack here, uh, we uh, I played it on the Switch, which has no achievements. Uh, which is a choice and it's an interesting one. But I heard that the achievements were actually really good in that game. And I think like achievements can be used as sort of like a, as a neat way of sort of encouraging you to do weird things or like rewarding you for doing weird things that are, are satisfying yeah. in a way. Like um, we, and, we, yeah. we tried to be conscious of that in West yeah. of Loathing. Um, and I feel like there's way too many games where it's just like you get achievements for just doing the main plot line, and that seems dubious. Yeah, I, I think it's possible to do good achievement design, but it's still like the the achievement ecosystem. I think is still it's like unavoidably contributing to the death of cheat codes. For example, yeah, because you would just cheat your way to getting achievements. So. I, I do think that like there is um the there's a certain aspect of gamer culture that really values um gaming as like a shibboleth. Like the idea mm. that like you really you're really good enough to get to the end of the this. The one true gamers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um and if it were possible to to get a certain achievement without actually earning it. Um, I think that would upset that class of gamer and that class of gamer is a big enough market share that you don't want to do that. Right. On the other hand, like you see something like on steam, there's no attempt at achievement DRM or whatever you Cause call you can it. just sort of award yourself all the achievements. Right. If you really want to. Right. Right. Yeah. And I've like, I, the first time I heard about this was that like, you can just do it from the fallout three console. Yeah. You know, for every game or just for fallout three. Oh geez, I I think it's just for Fallout Three. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that would be awesome, though. Uh, but yeah, no, like there are there are definitely tools out there that just like, oh yeah, I can use whatever achievement you want, point and shoot. Why do games ship with consoles? Is that so that you can like r- so fix in, in the case of in the case yourself? of Fallout Three, I think it it's uh, an extension of like the, its modability. Okay, like I, Fallout Three was built to be. Uh, really extensively alterable and the console is like your one of your interfaces into that i see um other games i think they do it because it's cool okay like quake has one of those um but like but the same sort of um the same sort of ethos that made the id software make doom's startup screen look like linux because linux is cool (laughs) okay Huh. Certain definitions of cool, I guess. Well, it was remember it was 1993. So, okay. So that that back when hacking was cool, right? Before it became mainstream. Back before hackers came out. Um. So also this week, uh, I installed the the Epic Storefront. Uh, oh, which we're all going to have to do. Yeah. Uh, and I installed Shadow Complex. 
oh. and played that for the first time. So Epic yeah. is just every two weeks they are just giving away a game. Uh, and the first week's game is Shadow Complex, which I had never, which I had never played. So I was like, okay. And next week is Subnautica, oh. huh. which what the heck? That's like a premium game that's still out. They must be paying a bunch of money, probably, yeah, to do that because that that game came out this year. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been early access forever, but yeah, it well, like sure. was it was yeah, like it was fully, fully released this past year, and so like it's it's like a premium current game that they are just giving away. For two weeks, starting on the fourteenth, uh, yeah, which that's wacky. I I don't know if it's a situation where you have to leave it installed or else it's just no oh. longer part of your library. Yeah, I'm gonna wait for a week when they have a game that I don't care about, and I'm gonna try like getting it and then uninstalling it after that period is over. I would I would be surprised if they did it that way. If it just becomes a permanent part of your library, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know if it if it brings you back every two weeks to like just look at the storefront. Yeah, that's smart. That's maybe a smart it's worth. Move. Maybe it's worth it uh, for them. Um, it's it's definitely a way that they differentiate themselves from from Steam and Valve. Um, but yeah, so I installed Shadow Complex and started playing it, and it is really good. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I like it a lot. Uh, I you know I wish I wasn't having to just shoot a bunch of dudes uh, as the, the sort of main gameplay loop, but. Um, when you sort of ignore that or just sort of abstract that out, it's it's a lot of fun. I, you know, I kind of wish I could just stealth my way through the complex or tranquilize people or whatever. Because like you know, Deus Ex, I don't. You could play it super violently, but I never do, and so that's I like being able to just yeah knock uh, everybody that, that's out. That's the Metroidish kind of thing, right? I don't. Yeah, I mean, Metroid, I mean, you're definitely killing a bunch of aliens. But no, I mean, like, so Shadow Complex is the Metroidish kind of a game, is what I. Oh yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's reminiscent. It's not quite as open worldy. Like it's it's fairly linear. So more like Metroid Fusion, maybe. Yeah, maybe. yeah. And maybe at the end, when you have all the powers, you're it's more you can go back and like find a bunch of secrets and stuff. But it's it definitely has a a handful of powers that upgrade very slowly, um, very much like the, the missile containers, right? Um, in Metroid. Um, it has with, the the like years before prey. It has that foam gun. Yeah. No, oh. that's true. And you, yeah, you like both. You can foam enemies, and you can foam on the walls to like make little climbing platforms. Forgot and stuff. about that. That's neat. Um, yeah, I remember Shadow Complex being a pretty decent Metroid game in, in an era when Metroid games were rare. Yeah, yeah. It was before they had really become a super common thing yet. So yeah. it was it, pretty exciting to get a new one. It yep. was. It's a little weird. Like there's a, a handful of things that they are doing that are are weird. So like you move on a 2D plane mm-hmm. through the space, mm-hmm. but the levels are designed with this sort of fake sort of depth to them. Yeah. The enemies can move in and out yep. of that depth. You cannot. But you can still shoot at them. You can. That that controls a little wonkily because it's like it doesn't know whether you're trying to shoot up or if you're trying to shoot into the background and it just sort of just has to contextually figure that out. Right. Yeah, that that's a problem that Doom had as well, which was like it worked fine for hit scan weapons, but like if you were trying to lead something with a rocket launcher, it would just right. go over right to the wall in front of you instead of up to where the monster was going to be. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I mean, and that's, and that's fine. It's not important enough that it like prevents you from playing the game, but it definitely like leads to weird situations. Um, trying to toss a grenade into the background is, is definitely a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, 
because this is i feel like this is sort of just before you could make a game that was for the first person i don't actually know when shadow complex came out it must it must have been around i think it was 2004 ish i I think it was later i think it was like 2007 or 8 was it that much later i think so okay um then maybe i'm wrong because yeah i don't know it it's it it does it feels like a really interesting approach to to trying a game like this like not committing to full 3D uh but having a, enough of it in there that it the world feels very rich in a way that it, like a just a 2D platformer doesn't usually yeah um i guess they kind of do that in like limbo and inside a little well probably not limbo so much but in, in inside there's definitely that depth to the world that makes it feel like a realer place even though you're just moving through the 2d aspect of it yeah yeah those games are extremely art intensive like 3d art intensive and expensive to make yeah um and it really does at that point like the the choice to restrict the player to a 2d plane really feels like an extremely deliberate choice um a design choice as opposed to like if you're if you have a minimal budget and you make a 2D game and because you can't afford that much art, like maybe that was the, like you, you couldn't really make a 3D game. It really wouldn't mm. be like, you couldn't do it on the same budget. West of Loathing is kind of great because it's technically a 3D game, but it doesn't have the associated like. <laughs> that is a, yeah, I, I think that's actually a really interesting example of, um, uh, I mean, like unique art styles are what sell games nowadays, sure. you know, um, and that it's... or cause people to just uh, write it off entirely because it looks like a child <laughs> made that game. Um, the only other game that I played uh, this past week in any depth, I played a bunch of Twinfold, um, but I also played um, Zach had sort of found this kind of neat little uh, physicsy sort of. It felt like a flash game. I think it might have been HTML5 uh, called Circlo 2. So I guess there was probably an original that I had never seen before. Yeah, I played a little of that for like 10 minutes or so. Yeah, so you control, you like your avatar, I guess, is a little tiny circle. um, And you are moving inside a circular level and you're trying to find on that level uh, a, a little sort of trigger which causes the level to expand like a concentric circle like a larger section so there's now there's more level there and um it it's just very clever in which the, in the ways that they um that they sort of make that thing unfold uh it's 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 very very well done uh the level design is really solid and uh doesn't really overstay its welcome it's like like 20 different levels um and they, they introduce enough new mechanics to keep it interesting the whole time um definitely worth checking out I'll put it in the show notes. Kevin, you wanted to talk about Game Center. Oh, fuck. Right. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, so in Twinfold, I've been playing it on iOS. Um, and I think as of iOS 11, they had just removed the Game Center mm-hmm. app from iOS. Uh, and I hadn't really considered what that in- meant. Uh, but now if you want to add a friend... Like if you want to add a new friend to your sort of like game center friends list, uh, you the the process is ridiculous. You have to find a game that has 
built into it a multiplayer mode. And then in that game, you have to, they have to have implemented the invite a friend sort of API or whatever. Do both of your friends need, both of you have to have the same game? Uh, you, they don't have to both have the same game, but apparently you both have to be online at the exact same time. What? So you, you send a person an invitation. They then have to respond to it with you also online at the same time. And then you can be connected as friends in Game Center. Holy um, shit. I assumed it just ran off your friends list or your contacts list. Nope. It doesn't. And there's no way inside like a leaderboard. I think if my memory serves, you used to be able to just click on somebody's name yeah, on a leaderboard and, anywhere in any game and then invite them as a friend if you wanted to. Uh, but not that that functionality is gone. Theoretically, wow. maybe they'll be bringing that functionality back in a later version of iOS, but it's been gone for a long time. Um, so like this is this is Apple having no idea what they're doing in terms of like providing infrastructure for games. So Steve Jobs famously hated games and gamers. Yes. And I'm wondering, like, now that he's dead, aren't things supposed to be getting better over there? I thought so. But clearly there's some mixed messages in there. Uh, I wonder if he uh, sort of inculcated a culture of like sure. game hatred or whatever. Yeah. In the whole company. Bad. So uh, should we talk about the assignment? Yeah. Sure. All right. The first tree. <sighs> yeah, I uh, I don't have much to say about it because I so, I played it for as long as it took for me to tell that I was not at all interested in this, and that was about three minutes. Three minutes. <laughs> Riff. Jesus. I, it it took me. All right. So. My experience of playing this game, and and this is not necessarily a cut on the game itself, because it's just not a thing for me, but I, I opened it up, and it was like, all right, well, this is, re this is really pretty, and I like foxes, so maybe this will be cool, and then immediately you hear the voiceover of this guy talking to his wife, and, oh, why can't you sleep, and... Oh, my love, go back to sleep. It's fine. And oh, don't you want to talk about your feelings? And I was like, man, this isn't good. And then I ran a little ways down the path and saw a dead baby fox. And then I ran a little further down the path and the fox dug up a, a an old, like, antique wooden toy train. And the voiceover dude started talking about his dad. And I'm like, nope. I'm done. That's it. That's that, 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 <laughs> you can't do that in three. Maybe in a speed run. That's <laughs> well, more like may, eight may, or nine maybe, minutes. Maybe maybe it was closer to eight or nine minutes. But man, I was you're selling was, yourself short. Ruth. I was not just uninterested. I was anti-interested. Aggre aggressively, yeah. aggressively. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so this is this is a game where you play a fox. Play as a fox. As yeah. a fox, and you're running around a uh, hatefield landscape. Uh, in what was it? So by height field, I mean um, the landscape is a, a two-dimensional function where if you okay. look at X and Y, every every point on the function has a certain height. Okay. Uh, so there there can't be any like uh, ridges like that overlap other, or like caves. Where, I was going to say, there's, yeah, there's no like interior spaces. Well, yeah. there, there eventually are, is an interior space. There are overhangs. But. Well, yeah, and there, there are places where like they add, you know, polygon like rocks to the... 
to the landscape so you can go under those. So like I, I say that because like this is just a really common way to render a landscape. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it did, it does seem to ha- set like the boundaries unusually far. Cause at, at one <laughs> point I did leave the path a bit just to see if it would let me and it let me go a long way. But yeah. there wasn't anything out there to see. Yeah, you can go lots of places, and there's never anything interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the spaces are way too big for what the game is is trying to do. Like, right. there's way too much empty space with with practically nothing meaningful in them. Right. Um, and it's for a game that's supposed to be like a an art game presenting you with like a a drama of like the this this couple there ostensibly i don't think i got i didn't get this far i don't know if you did kevin but apparently it's about the death of a child uh well no the fox the fox's kids have died okay like it's it's a it's a mother fox looking for her three cubs okay so there's two separate stories here yeah where so like yeah, so the 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 gameplay is you playing as a fox, and ostensibly you are looking for your missing cubs, right? Uh, and the the voiceover is an unrelated, well, only quasi related story because it's it's allegorically it, related, perhaps. Well, it's because the, theoretically you are playing through the dream of the narrator, who is this guy who is talking to his wife in bed. Um, and how he can't go back to sleep because he had this this incredibly vivid dream, um, but like so I when I played through it I missed I I never found any of the dead cubs. Oh, hmm. you could, like you can just apparently because I because my as is my want I immediately turned backwards and like yeah. head and you ran off into the brush ran off into the brush just to see what was going on and you it, the, the levels will end without you finding them. Um, if you get to the, get to the place, like get to the boundary or whatever. Right. Um, there's in addition to these, uh, these sort of little narrative bits that you can unearth and he'll, and the narrator will sort of relay more stories from his youth, uh, about growing up and how his, like his relationship with his father and that kind of thing. Uh, you're also going around collecting these points of light, right? Which theoretically are meant to be guiding you from sort of interesting point to interesting point, but they don't do a very good job of that no. at all. And sometimes they're very difficult to collect, and it's the control scheme is not good. Did you play with mouse and keyboard? I did. I imagine it. Me too. I imagine it's better with oh, gamepad. No. I played it on the Switch. Okay, so it's, no. it's pretty bad on the mouse and keyboard. Is it? Uh, it was pretty bad on the Switch. Okay, so, so so that's that's appropriate. Uh, there are a couple of additional mechanics that come later where you like find a circle of butterflies and that like boosts right. your jump. Right, and you taking can, taking some game mechanics from Journey. I, yeah, Journey was a big influence on on this game. Um, I th- this game is extremely demanding in terms of like surprisingly demanding in terms of platforming. Yeah, like, really? Yeah, just in like, a handful of places. Yeah, to the point where like you don't need it ninety nine percent of the time, but then suddenly you need to be really good at platforming for like ten seconds. Mm. Yeah, and it's like it's oh weird. right, we forgot we were making a video game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what's happening is that like the person who designed the levels didn't realize that they were really good at this, mm. right? Um, and they're if they're. I, I really think they they were trying to make kind of a general audience game. Um, and then failed even in that. 
response. Right. Yeah. Because like uh, the first where they try to tutorialize double jump, it took me, you know, a couple of minutes to make that first tutorial double jump. Yeah. I, there was a place where you have to do like a, effectively a triple jump kind of thing. And I just glitched my way past it because it was way too hard. Oh, is that the, the one where you have to collect three sets mm-hmm. of butterflies? Yeah. So when you get to that puzzle, apparently because players didn't figure out that you need to collect three sets of butterflies. It actually shows you iconographically on the screen. Hey, idiot, collect three sets of butterflies and then make three jumps. Yeah. And that's when I just quit to desktop. Like, fuck this game. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like, not not because it was being insulting, but because I... It didn't trust you at all either. Well, not even that. I just didn't want to do the work. I had already been around this, like, enormous, like, bowl landscape... Yeah. I'd seen everything. I'd collected all the butterflies separately and gotten like the, the used them to do what I thought was their intended purpose. Right. And now like they wanted you to get them all at the same time. Right. Yep. Uh, so I thought about Firewatch a fair bit when I was playing this. So Firewatch is another game. So this is effectively a walking simulator mm. with some dialogue that you're hearing that's yeah. triggered in a very in various places so like it's yeah oh it, it there is this, a little bit of like mechanics like climbing and that kind of stuff in firewatch but not a bunch um but the, the like the it just like it just shows how important all the little details are yeah, in making yeah. a game because fundamentally they're these are two very similar you could present these two games as being very similar. Yeah, I, right? I, I when you brought that up, I was like, oh yeah, that like very like the the problems that Firewatch could have had. Yeah, are yeah. very much the same sorts of problems. Um, but so Firewatch spent a bunch of time making the world uh, the right size for the story that mm-hmm. they were trying to tell and mm-hmm. filling filling it, it with stuff with, to see. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's there are vistas. There are like little hidden nooks and crannies that have something interesting in them. They have those books that you can sort of collect if you want. They have just, just little things here and there that you can do. Uh, And like probably 10 times as much dialogue. Uh, And the dialogue, 10 times as much of this dialogue wouldn't have helped. Well, right. And and the dialogue, and that was, I think part of the problem. So like, I think this was made by, I think it was basically one person uh, that I think they were coding it. And they also did the. They also wrote it and um, did the voice acting. Um, and then his wife did the the, the female yeah. part. And I I think that they're like they're just they're not actors and they're not writers really. Um, the the weird acting I actually interpreted as like them being quiet because they were in bed and trying not to wake uh-huh. somebody. Like that that actually felt right to me. Okay. Um. But I think them not being actors is as plausible an explanation as that. Yeah. It just, the affect felt very flat most of the time. There was, there wasn't really, you didn't feel an emotional connection to them. Or mm-hmm. I did not. One, I was, I was going to say that one does well, not feel, but I, I you didn't, didn't even meet them before all this yeah. talk started happening. Yeah. It's like, I don't know you guys. Why should I care? Yep. Like and again, Firewatch like could have had the same problem, and yeah. they they started with that little twine story to get you mm-hmm. just the tiniest bit invested in the characters. You you have some choices that you make, and it sets the stage the, for a story. The other thing that 
um, Firewatch and also Gone Home, which which is the one that I was thinking oh, huh. about. Okay, is that the because like Firewatch, Gone Home is set in an environment that is interesting to explore with lots of stuff to look at. Yeah, but the other thing that they both do is they they mask the heartfelt emotional story in what initially appears to be a weird mystery for you to solve. Right. Mm. And, and the, the emotional content only appears like slowly as you gradually piece together what is happening. And it's, once it's you're something already invested. once you're already invested, exactly. And instead of, instead of dumping this dude, you've never met's feelings on you right in the first minute. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I had seen this game on somebody's like game of the year list, which is why I was uh, oh, interesting. Was curious about it, and I had seen it on the on the Switch store. I was like, okay, well, maybe this would be a fun one. And I'm I'm wondering if something very particular about the story appealed to them hmm. that made them feel like this was a, you know a game of the year. Yeah, I I, for them. I could certainly see it being somebody's game of the year. It's just totally not me. <laughs> Yeah, it, I, it I also feel didn't like if, with me at all. Yeah, I, I if 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 I want if I wanted to experience that kind of story, I would I would go read the Brothers Karamazov or one of these great works of classic fiction that I've never read. You know, hmm. the, this isn't the way that I would choose to get that that sort of content. Yeah, it 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 felt like this was had had greater ambitions than it did reach in a lot of ways um and i feel like those it is important that people keep making those kinds of games um mm. but yeah it, it i couldn't i don't know that i could recommend it to anybody as a as a thing to to seek out on their own which is too bad because i feel like it's you know it's it feels very heartfelt it feels very personal it's it's very much like a I don't know if it's autobiographical exactly, but it, it feels very yeah, personal in that way. Um, so, you know, like I haven't, I haven't played that dragon cancer uh, because it, I don't want to be ruined by it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I feel like it, maybe it's similar to that in some ways. I don't know. It, it's hard to imagine like the audience for that dragon cancer, like who wants to have that experience. Right. I guess if you if you like really want to make yourself cry, people will watch sad movies. So maybe that's that's a thing that you would do. That's yeah. fair. I don't really get people that are super into being scared either. So, but you <laughs> like scary games? Sense. No, I can't play scary games at all. I will totally watch someone else play a scary oh. game, but I can't play them myself. If it's the least bit immersive, it it wrecks me. I thought you. I thought you were fond of like a Resident Evil or a something. Nope. I I forced myself to play Silent Hill two and three. Silent Hill. That's what I was. But, thinking. But yeah, yeah, that was just because the stories on those two were so good that I forced I myself through them. Yeah. So uh, so what are you guys gonna do for an assignment when I'm not here next week? Uh, we are going to uh, play another game uh, that is out on the Epic Game Store. It's only for Windows. Uh, it is the sort of early access release of Supergiant's new game, Hades. Hmm. 
So we're going to try that for next week. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, oh, Riff. Uh-huh. Uh, do you want to uh, explain a Britishism? <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. Before well, we before we part, what what do you got for me? <laughs> All right, Riff. Peerage. Riff session, kids call it a riff session. Time for riff session on the playground. Riff session. When riff has something to say, put 30 seconds on the clock and make way for the riff session. It's a riff session. It's riff. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Uh, dang, that's a tough one. Um, peerage. All right. Um. <laughs> You want the the real dumb ten second answer? Sure, and then you can give us a longer one if you want. It's it's like a peerage. Peerage is like it's a breakfast food. It's it's like a thin oatmeal, uh, okay. that, but you pour it in your ear. Okay. <laughs> it's it's ear porridge. Is it is it nutri- nutritive? Uh, presumably. Okay. <laughs> no one no one can tell. <laughs> What would be the longer answer? <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to come up with something. Oh, okay. I barely know what peerage. I barely understand peerage in real life. Well, that's that's <laughs> great. That's that makes it even better. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, something about uh, if you will, you won't, and if you won't, if you uh, won't, we don't care. You didn't, and and but you did, so you will. Yep. Kakabububulaya uh, and have a great week. All right. To you too, Kevin. See you, everybody. Bye. I call Melissa the least of that set of five, uh, but I think she would be offended if she wasn't in the top two. Sure. So therefore, she's second. Just in case she picks up your phone to check out who the favorite is. I could put her first, but then that would probably offend my mom. <laughs> but my mom probably couldn't open my phone. In fact, neither of them could open my phone because it has the touch sensor. The fingerprint thing? Yeah.